Hello and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson and I'm here today with... Chad Williamson, managing editor of the newspaper. Kevin Barron's publisher of the newspaper and coordinator of the Balloon Festival. So today we are going to get into just that. Uh, so the Journal Tribune uh, has kind of a relationship with the All Ohio Balloon Fest. Um, and Kevin is kind of kind of the man in charge of that. And we figured we'd sit down since it, we're about a week out from it actually uh, going on, sit down with Kevin and talk about kind of a little bit of background on the Balloon Fest, um, how he and the paper kind of got involved with it and sort of what all of that entails. Yeah, the story of how, how we got it is really interesting. Kevin should talk about how what was going to happen with the Balloon Fest, like how it had been around for so many years and how we ended up involved at all. So you should – Talk about that. Yeah, it's just a matter of circumstance, I guess. Um, after 30 years, the um, CVB was in charge on that 30th year, and they were um, basically the chamber, chamber, chamber of convention, of yeah, convention of visitors bureau. Chamber was going to let it go because they had leadership change that did not want to continue doing the balloon festival, and I happened to be on the board and spoke up and said that we would do it. Um, that wasn't really sure what we were getting into. How many? How many? How long leadway did we even have when you took that over? Uh, it wasn't long. It was yeah. maybe maybe a couple of days um, when they were getting rid of it for for uh, us to turn it over. And yeah, they definitely uh, gave it up. Uh, we picked it up. Uh, the first year was um, weird, bad, bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, it's all right. I mean, hey, we didn't know what we were doing. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? It, it was the thirtieth year of it. We felt like that was important to do and. We were going to let it go also after the first year, but Eileen Tuttle, who worked at URE, basically sat down with us because they had a hot air balloon and said, we want you to continue doing this. We thought she was crazy. She helped us form our first website, and the rest has just kind of taken off. Um, that first year, like we did, we forgot – we had a flatbed trailer for our stage, for our ba- local band. Right. We, for- we forgot about lights. That it was going to be getting dark out there, and we needed lights for the stage. Sure. We had nothing in between acts, no, no like music just to play. So we went running out. They went running out and found CDs, and somebody played songs in between while the band was on break. You know. So it, it, at the time before you took over, it wasn't near. It was the same amount of kind of production, or not nearly the production. Oh. It, it had gone through ebbs and flows. Uh, different leadership had taken over uh, from the Lions group to the Chamber, back to the Lions. It just depended on who Jack Scott was working with at the time. Uh, he was ba- he Jack Scott and John Feenstra started this in 1975, and uh, they worked. Um, hand-in-hand for about 15 years, and then Jack continued it on until the early 90s. They ran into some insurance issues uh, with the balloons, um, and that kind of made them uh, think about things different. They partnered with the fair, and they had it the week of the fair for several years. Remember that? Uh, They they launched out of the infield. Went over into the mid-90s. They ended up having it at the Country Hearth Inn, which would be where uh, Roosters and um, that that development is on Square Drive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was a lot of back and forth uh, over the the history of it. And so it came back around to the chamber uh, in late 2000, and Mike Witzke picked it up because he was also a Lions member with Jack and felt like it was his obligation to kind of keep things going. And he ran it for a few years, and then Christy Clark picked it up at the chamber after working with Mike, and she's the one that no longer wanted to do it. 
And so then we picked it up, and we've been doing this. will be our 17th year. When you think about it, the fo- old phone books used to have hot air balloons on them. And th- there's hot air balloons all over this community. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people want to try to brand this area as the covered bridges and everything like that. But you look around, and there are hot air balloons, you know, from from – City properties, at city, uh, the court and police departments got hot, hot air balloons. Uh, I know Memorial Health and some of their, don't they? Some they of there's do. hot air balloons in their lobbies. Paint, paint, painted in some of their uh, hospital yeah. rooms. Yeah, and, I mean, there's there's hot air balloons all over the place. I mean, whether it's an official movement or not, like the area is, is branded around the hot air balloon. Yeah, dust. we definitely feel like it's a, a community staple. I mean, 47 years is a long time anyway, but to have something continually going on, to be a calling, to come to Marysville, Ohio, you know, in that, that August, September range um, is something a lot of communities don't have. Uh, we definitely benefit here. And that's kind of the secret to the Balloon Festival is a lot of festivals are all about raising about the money and, and what they're doing. Ours is about raising money to, to benefit local charity, but it's really about all of the community coming together to volunteer to put this on. Um, you saw the fair. You, you've seen those guys go into big national acts. We've had uptown events. A lot of those guys can afford to pay people to come. We have to ask people to volunteer. So it's definitely something that sets this event apart. I don't know. Did they even do music out there before we took it over? No. There was any, yeah, they had was a car show. Big, that Jack. was one of our big contributions was honestly bringing the music. And the reason was, you know, as you sit there and look at a, a balloon festival, okay, they launch, and then they come back, and then they they glow at night. Well, in the downtime there, you know— what do people do? I mean, Kevin's been out to Albuquerque to the big festival out there, and he said even out there, you know, there's downtime and people just leave. Right. Well, sure. our thing was, well, we didn't want that. You don't want people to watch the the launch and leave. So we came up we came up with this idea of, of music, you know, to keep people there, and we started small with it, and eventually, like Kelly Pickler was, I think, our first real national act, and and it kind of took off from there. And and when you think about it, I remember people thinking in that year 2013 that that was such a big deal to have her here and since then like you said the city has tried to bring in national acts the fairs brought in national acts uh even plain city rock the clocks bringing in you know uh mid-sized national acts so we kind of took the lid off of the ability to produce things like this and 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 showed you and we've shared we've shared ideas with them you brought you mentioned albuquerque um Many people don't believe this, but Albuquerque Balloon Festival is the longest running and the largest, over 700 balloons. They actually called us to try to see what we did to keep an audience there from the start to the finish. You flew out. They flew you out there. We're out. Yeah. said, I need you to come out here. We want you to watch ours and see. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, And their I'm issue is they were at a golf range where they have a huge 700 balloon launch at 6 in the morning. And then everybody leaves because in Albuquerque, it goes from 40 degrees to like 80 degrees at noon and then back to like, you know, 50 degrees at night. And so the temperature change is not conducive to people just staying out all day. So they wanted ideas. They liked the helicopters that we had. They liked the planes. They liked um, the uh, sky jumpers. But they are right along the Rio Grande River with a housing development that has an HOA that does not allow anything in that flight pattern to go over. So they weren't able to do a lot of the things we do. So they developed a car show, a, uh, 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 a carver, 
um, Chainsaw Carver. They tried music, didn't they? And they did. They had. They called it Music Fiesta. Theirs was called Balloon Fiesta. They went to Music Fiesta where they had some national acts come in on one of their, their end weekends because they're a nine-day event. 100,000 people a day, every day, in and out. And it is crazy. Um, and that is a huge production. So we learned a lot by going out there of things that you can do and, and how they do it on a grand scale. We're definitely a lot smaller, which is better. Uh, but yeah, we try to pack things in to allow people to come in for you know four hours or so, be able to watch the balloons launch, get something to eat, hear music, Kids see the glow, keeps up stuff to keep the kids going. The whether kids it's sitting, characters right, and right. jumpies and things like that. Well, having it at the local airport also has a kind of you can tie in that kind of aviation. Sort it's of. it's nice when we've had the planes out there for static displays. I know a lot of people probably remember in the early in the seventies. They had air. Sh- they had an air show hooked to it. They did. They did. That's how but, it started. But the the insurance right. for an air show now just it it, it makes and, it and impossible the, and the for a show. Of the planes. Like right. there's a there's a show in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's the end of July, and it's all the World War II uh, aircraft that you would see. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like most people go there if you're into planes. And then they have to perform what's called a 100-hour service after that. And there's not enough time to get all those planes done before we can have them for the balloon festival. They can't get their service done. So we're limited on what we have. Now, with that said, the airport um, is starting a commemorative Air Force base there in Marysville where they will actually have um, old aircraft that they're going to redo so, th- so that is encouraging that it is at the airport. What's that going to be like? What are they doing? With um, that? They're going to put. That. They're going to put what they call a trainer. Um, it's a slide overhead um, get in cockpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know nothing about the planes, yeah. but they're yeah. going to put that on display in their hangar, and they're going to try to build uh, an inventory. Mm-hmm. That they could have rides and whatnot. Uh, the B-25 is not coming back this year. That's out of Urbana. They do have their ride license, so he wants to come next year. But uh, a lot of it comes down to coming out of COVID. You know, things are still a little weird on people's supply of what they have and or just people to be able to run um, the event. Uh, so they... The airport is nice. Uh, hopefully, they build that because, as Chad said, um, one of the one of the secrets to the festival was having that air show because that is something that you don't see anymore for all of those reasons. So, if we can do that, that just adds to the event. It also helps our local economy because the airport we have to rent, and their whole um, revenue stream is selling fuel. So, right. if they're able to sell fuel, they're they're okay with having the balloon festival, and it goes on. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the airplane aspect does come down to cost. Uh, insurance is one, uh, but the coolness is always going to be there. Yeah. Um, hey, even, like I said, even when they're just static, even when they're just sitting there, yeah. th- that B-25, there are people that just, they're all over that thing. Yeah, Kids and they, year old plane. Yeah, they, they love well, walking and, around. And, and Night Ranger's coming back this year, and they're disappointed that the B-25 is not going to yeah. be there <laughs> because they recreated their yeah. album cover last time they were here. Yeah. So That album cover that where they were actually literally in the same plane when they were here mm-hmm. last time. They climbed into that B twenty five and like recreated this album cover. It was actually That's I was cool. standing there. It was a pretty cool moment. So they're they're definitely going to be disappointed that it's not there. But um, with that said, I mean that Thursday entertainment, you do have Night Ranger opening for Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels is supposedly going to be filming a music video. Uh, kind of like Mitchell Tenpenny did last year. So that's something that's different. Um, again, all of this stuff we think 
is a pebble in a pond so that the ripple effect of having national music come and then just keep telling a story about Marysville, Ohio is a great thing. Um, it's a small town that we don't have a lot of visitors that come otherwise. Uh, it's, it's the only, we've been told it's the only event that fills every hotel room in the, the, in the city on the weekends. Yeah, oh. during the week you have some contractors and things yeah. like that. Why don't you talk about, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's different types of balloon events. Some of them are free, some of them aren't. Some of them, you get you get a lot of balloons. Some of them have, you talked about racing balloons or shape balloons like we do. Like there's a lot, you know, I listen to you guys try to sit over there and try to get balloonists to come in and, and some of the challenges of that and, and kind of what you guys go through because like not all, not all events are the same. I think there's one in Finley, right? Uh, around the same time as the one here, but it's what is that a race? Yeah, that's a, a con- race that's event. a contest. So it's a good question. A lot of people don't understand. We have to pay every balloonist to come. They just yeah. don't come and fly that's, on their own. That's a big thing. Like a lot of people don't understand is that like like they get hotels, meals, get paid, get all their fuel. Like every one of those balloons that comes in is an expense. Very and, expensive. And, Very and, expensive. And so we. Jack Scott and John Feenster used to run this balloon festival as a contest. It's called Hair and the Hounds, where they actually put out markers that the balloonists have to go and and fly down to and get a marker. And it, it, it's kind of like a um, not an obstacle course, but like a. I thought they used to drop like a sandbag into a target or something, try to fly yeah, directly. Kind of like a scavenger it. hunt that. Uh, when you, you have to pick something up from every marker and then the first one to pick up all the markers and bring it back to the home base mm-hmm. wins the money. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing that they do in Finley is most of those balloonists all pay to come because they're jumping, jumping into a contest and that way they're going to win. They're trying to win a big they're pot. They're trying to win a big pot. So what happens is that if you have a great pilot that signs up that's going to win – it scares some of the other pilots away. It's also a lot more work with the FAA as far as rules and regulations of all the. Also, a lot of your events, a lot of your event takes place away from your crowd. If you're having people fly and fly and fly and fly, well, the people that came to your event are paid to get in. They can't see that. Yeah. You know, it's it's more for the pilots. You know, we try to do stuff that's centered around the airport and the crowd. In the crowd. So we have what we would call recreational pilots or commercial pilots, but generally non-competition. It is a nice day for them to just put their balloon up, go fly some passengers, bring it back and glow. There's no competition. We compensate them whether they want it. There's no contest at all. Uh, it, it allows us to have a lot more uh, pilots be able to sign up because the hare and the hounds or the, the contest is going to gear towards the racing balloons and the guys that are there to win the money that are really out there for that competition racing balloons i think there's there's one people might see that flies around here around marysville they tend to be a lot skinnier they're smaller drops yeah Mm -hmm. they're more teardrop than round so they're just made more for speed kind of in maneuverability and they can go up we've we've had them we've had them before i mean the nice thing about also having those racing balloons like if they do it in finley is iffy weather or wind those guys can get up quicker Mm -hmm. so they're not so cumbersome and so that's the other frustration that we hear from patrons is you know if you have a nice day but it's just windy they're like why aren't the balloons flying so what we've been told is generally you have to have at least three miles an hour of wind and no more than 10 to be able to manage that balloon up in the air so as we tell people they're going for a ride 
pretty serene. It's almost magical. It's like you're floating on a carpet because you have to have pretty much perfect weather. Uh, so when we've done this at the festival and had the balloons launched all three nights, it's great. You hit a, you hit a home run because everybody in the crowd gets to see it. The other thing that we've heard from patrons that we didn't appreciate until we un- understood what they were saying is most of the time they'll be driving their car and they'll look up in the sky and they'll see the balloons flying, but they never knew how they started. Mm-hmm. This event allows people to actually see them lay out the envelope, blow it up, and see from start to flight what it looks like. Uh, so it's all about the experience that we're trying to give the patrons, uh, something different. You know, It's not just the music. You can go to the Uptown events and, and just listen to music. This is a backdrop at an airport, a community airport, that has balloons that are launching, and then they come back and they are the backdrop for the, for the music on the stage. And that's why you're getting these national entertainers wanting to film their act while they're seeing this because it's unique to them. They don't yeah. they don't get to do this every day. Mitchell Tenpenny was really his manager was really upset last year when the balloons weren't gonna be able to be behind him because they had a like a professional, professional film crew sure. and they and they wanted that backdrop for, for part of this video. And you know, people don't I know when I've worked out there before, if it's if the weather's bad, if there's a threat of rain, you know, if it's really windy, I mean people are smart enough that they understand. Um, that they're not going to go up in the air. But when it's nice and it's sunny and it's a little windy, I mean, but you don't know what the wind is up higher where these guys fly. That's when people get a little snotty and that they're a little upset when they see the things not go up. Sometimes we've had it before where maybe three, only three or five of the more experienced pilots would go up. And I know they'd lay it out and, and people would watch them. And when you see how the handlers struggle to maintain those balloons on the ground with just a little bit of wind, I think sometimes maybe people start to understand, well, man, I guess it something that size, especially the shape balloons. The shape balloons really oh, they're they, they really catch the wind. Like they're not they're not aerodynamic like the other ones. Like they can like Darth Vader's the Vader balloon, the face. Shape. That's why that balloon's made like that. I don't know if you know that, but the back of his helmet being rounded will fly, the wind catches the face, so it will always fly away from where it launched. Mm-hmm. So the face is always facing, facing out. like the air, it'll always be facing the airport, And but that's the way that thing's kind of designed. But when that wind starts catching, that Vader balloon is so big, like we need a lot of people to help hold that thing down. Yeah, more than, more than people want to know, but that, that's a 105, so that's how many, uh, is how many cubic feet of air it will hold, and, and 105 versus like a normal sh- a normal round balloon would be like maybe 70 or 90. So 105 is much bigger. There's bigger than that, but 105 is pretty big. We in, had that. We used to have that. Was it the astronaut balloon that was so big? Yeah. Real tall. Oh, man, it took a lot of people to keep that. Yeah. Like when that thing would glow, to keep that thing on the ground. And Elvis. Elvis, Elvis was, was also was a, big. Yeah. Um, it may not be obvious. I mean, maybe it is obvious. Maybe it isn't obvious, but like. You know, it's not like a plane where you have sort of flap control and yeah. things like that. I mean, well, it, it kind of goes up and it's weight dependent, you know. But And that's what Chad was saying is that it is true that once they stand those up, they're asking people to hold the baskets down until they do launch. Or if they're glowing, sometimes it's harder. Um, people just don't understand until they've actually worked it um, how much 
uh, it is weather dependent. It's really not just easy just to stand something up and, and have the crowd look I at I saw it. my security guys one time had to go over and help with Vader. Man, when by the time they got back for the glow, they were they were huffed. Mm-hmm. Like, they were tired. Yeah, it's like, heavy. They didn't want to do it anymore. Like, yeah, the Darth, like, don't send Darth, me to do that again. Darth Vader's legit 500 pounds, and when you roll it up, it's all dead weight together. It's not spread out. So it's a real deal. We've moved it as a festival. We've all had to help move it. and. Uh, but it's the number one photograph balloon in the world. They come I was out of say, it's like the gift and the curse. It, it is. Mm-hmm. They come from Belgium. They fly anywhere from Taiwan to Mexico. They're at Reno and uh, Albuquerque every year. Um, everybody has seen. If if you've been to a balloon festival, you have seen Darth Vader. Um, hopefully, they're going to come out with a third shape next year. But Benoit Lambert is the son. He's t- taken over the operation from his his dad. Um, and Michelle is his dad's name, and he's retired. Uh, he's no longer flying. So um, it's it's a it's a great thing for Marysville to have that. And I'll that's I'll, three spots in the United States. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Three spots in the United States. One of them is Marysville. Oh, wow. They always those. fly at Reno, and they always fly in Albuquerque. That was their agreement. And the nice thing for us is that. Um, yeah, he turns a lot of festivals down because he's always come here. Uh, and traditionally, they will go and dabble in other festivals and, and say one year they may go to Tennessee or one year they may go to Illinois just to test it, but they never go back because they want to kind of keep keep it new. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about the Marysville Festival that the Lamberts have said, and, and I couldn't believe it, is that they couldn't believe how every year they've been here for the last eight years – that someone has come to them saying they'd never seen their balloon, and that's why they keep coming back. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's a nice thing for the festival. It's a nice thing for the area that we haven't reached our peak yet where everybody's like, oh, it's the balloon festival, you know, same thing. Doing festivals, you have to be on top of it to find out, you know, what is, you know, interesting for people to want to come and hang out, and the the balloons definitely are. And that is, I think that's, that is the good thing we've done with, with bands. Now, we've got some acts coming back this year because it's been a while since we've had them but we can change the musical acts each year we can get different balloons and different shaped balloons every year you know you have some that are the same some that are different i think i think the like the union county fair figured that out this year where they started trying some different grandstand entertainment they did a big concert and they had the micro wrestling and i think they started to realize that you know tractor pulls demo derbies and, and rodeos every year you know, maybe got a little stale for people. So they started revolving through entertainment. And that's one thing we've been able to do. You know, some things are the same, but we can change balloons, shape balloons and, and entertainment every year. And plus you add in like sky jumpers or different static displays. But Bywing Plane will be back to offer rides. Um, and those are things that uh, we didn't really appreciate until you saw the lines when the weather's right, you will see a line for that helicopter ride from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. all weekend long. They will line up before before the they're ready, and they will fly for eight hours straight because they can fly at night. Same with the tethered rides. If we can get the tethered rides going with the weather, that line will be solid for 5 to 8 p.m. So much so the patrons now email us wanting to buy those tickets ahead because they don't want to wait in line. And we've never sold the tickets ahead because we want to make sure the weather's right and it's just first come, first serve. But again, it goes back to the experience that they can have coming to a festival. It's not just coming and sitting and watching. It's actually participating in the event. Yeah, a few years ago when they we added that Albuquerque Glow, I mean, I don't know. 
how many times have we done it? Maybe three times. This would be yeah. We didn't really pull it off last year, but yeah, I think it would be on our third year. So what it is when they do the balloon glow? Typically, they they just kind of go out by the runways and they they glow out in the middle, and it's just a backdrop. Well, on the last day on Saturday, at least a couple times when it's when we can do it, we will open up, let the people from inside. Now they have to keep their alcohol and stuff in there because they're not allowed to bring it out on the runway. But we let people kind of spill out through an entrance onto the runway. And they walk the balloons up, and they can walk right under them. They can walk right up and talk to the pilots while they're firing the burners at night. And that's really cool. Great pictures. The kids oh, yeah. love it. You know, I think the the pilots love it because they get to talk with people, maybe sell rides down the road, develop that interest. Like that Albuquerque glow is. I know it's a pain for us to do because we have to keep people on it. You basically let people out of the fenced-in area, and they kind of want to go crazy and wander everywhere, and we have to keep crowding them in. But when you see the photos people get out of those Albuquerque glows and, and you see the way they interact with the pilots. Saw it's, a wedding it's proposal one, one year. A guy drove out a little remote control car underneath the balloon as everybody was standing underneath it touching it. And the remote control had the ring in it and, and his fiance had no clue what was going on. Uh, and the pilots were all involved in it. Everybody knew what was going besides the fiance. So it's definitely been unique of how people interpret uh, participating in the festival. Uh, usually, I don't know that we have one this year, but usually there is a an engagement oh, yeah. with with a bottle of we champagne. We don't always know. Don't, don't always know. know. It, it just happens. Usually, out usually there it'll happen in a hot air balloon ride. But again, that goes back to what we said earlier: is those people leave and they participated or they came to the the, the hot air balloon festival in Marysville, Ohio, and they tell everybody about their experience. So as this town grows. You know, 47 years of a festival, you know, it hasn't reached its peak yet. It's um, it's doing well. And we have to, I mean, we have to kind of, kind of stay nimble with how we deal with things. I mean, people probably remember, I mean, for years, everybody came in on Climber Road and, and came in through there to park, but it backed up. It would, there were so many people coming, it would back up traffic, cl- honestly, clear down to Scotts Lawn Road, one direction and all the way through town the other, because Climber just was not designed you know, to handle that kind of volume. So one of the sheriff, I think it was the sheriff or sheriff's deputies came up with that idea of, hey, if we bring people in on Weaver Road, create another entrance over there, entrance exit, the backup goes down Weaver Road, which is much less traveled. And you can keep and you can bring people farther in in the gate and you can keep things moving better. And that was a big Benefit it when they first suggested that I thought it sounded ridiculous. I mean, because you're sending people out in the country, kind of, to come in, but you know, it's it's got its hangups with GPS. Some people get rerouted the wrong way or whatever. But in terms of traffic flow in and getting people in and parked faster, it, it was it was the exact right thing to do. And that's the kind of stuff that we learn. We've had to move the stage. Used to be next uh, to, next to the fuel center. Next to the next to the plane fuel <laughs> right. pump. You know, we always had people around it to try to keep people away, but every now and then you'd look over and there's somebody from a band standing in the area smoking or whatever, and you're like, hey. Uh. So, so both changes that you alluded to actually happened when Night Ranger was here 
2015. So traffic was backed up to 42. Uh, Floyd Golden was meeting with the sheriff and talking about the emergency side of, of we're locking up the whole town. You couldn't get through five points. And they were coming to us like, what are we going to do? So we started you know, immediately thinking about ideas. It was actually a United Way volunteer that came up with the Weaver Road idea. Uh, Terry, I'm forgetting her last name. But she came up with the idea, and we didn't use it that year. We did come back into the meeting where we had a wrap-up meeting with the emergency uh, management, and they said we got to do something different. So we pitched that idea, uh, went to Home Depot. Home Depot actually, and the airport authority allowed us. We put the fence in with Home Depot's help. Um, that allowed those gates to come in because uh, they never had that before. There was never access over there on Weaver Road. Um, and then they came in and put man gates in, and it was it went well. Um, it took all the traffic off a of climber. It did exactly what Chad said. It made the traffic flow. Um, and, you know, it, it um, allowed us to continue on with national acts because I don't think that they were really going to – uh, let us do that if we didn't come up with a solution. If we couldn't fix that traffic mm-hmm. issue, we were going to have to scale it back. There's no way they were going to. Uh, uh, one of those years, I got stuck in traffic trying to get out there. I had to come out a little later than normal, and I hit traffic at the courthouse. And I went, this can't be the balloon festival. And bigger in life it was, and it took me It took me forever to get there. And I was like, mm. The stage came around that, um, again, during Night Ranger in 2015, the production manager was actually smoking right next to the jet fuel, and that was alarming. So that was a, a cause for concern that we had to go into the same wrap-up meeting and not only adjust the parking, we had to adjust where the stage was. The airport authority was not going to let us have the stage next to the jet fuel anymore. And so, and, and again, as Chad said, both solutions help the festival, help the community, and it was outside input coming into the festival saying, hey, why don't you try this? And that's what I keep saying is this is a community coming together to put their best foot forward to show what Marysville has because it's not just Balloon Fest volunteers. These are people from outside the community that suggested stuff, and we do it every year. We come and wrap up a a meeting, and we listen to everybody's suggestions, and we try to make the festival better every year. No, we can't control the weather. But at the end of the day, we try to, we've gone from in 2014 or 15 where we had parking issues out the wazoo, our social media was a mess, brought in a New York parking group who totally switched how we park and they monitored the traffic on social media and there were compliments instead of getting thrown under the bus. So it's just a, a work in progress. I will say that Ed Rush that used to run the airport, his famous quote was this balloon festival is a fluid situation mm-hmm. and he was and he's so right he's still right he said it 10 years ago he's still right today because it constantly changes it is not just set with here's exactly how you have to do it there are a lot of things that happen even day of the city this i know you've called the city with joe issues. tracy is a home run i mean that guy he, Last year we we were it was too wet to park and he came in laid down asphalt so we had at least the, the ability to drive into the parking lot. What an asphalt was it? it yeah, was, it was I shavings, it was that, grinding, that ground up. Yeah, it's the old ground as- asphalt. Yeah, ground up asphalt. Well, they didn't. I was saying they didn't pave it. No, <laughs> no, they didn't anything. pave it, yeah. but they just dropped yeah. in, yeah. and it actually helped the city because they needed a place to put their asphalt grindings when they're taking up all of the the uh, new there road that they're putting in. So Joe Tracy in the city has been a home run. Anything that we've needed, again, they're willing to do, and I think they see when 
the, the positive aspect of social media and the feedback from people enjoying the festival, it reflects on the community and the city of Marysville benefits too. And, we've, and when we fill those hotels, I mean, there's a bed tax on all of those. So the, the CVB, they get, they get money out of that to do other events and to promote other things and to further the image of Union County by collecting money on that bed tax, which every room is filled generally. On the, yeah, and on we definitely, we, we take pride in that. We want to make sure that we're planting seeds for future growth. Um, not only that, that those bed taxes help the other events. Chad had mentioned the Uptown events, the, the fair, the steam thrushers, things that are going on in Plain City. That bed tax continues to go on. And, and if we're the ones that are contributing as much as we can to fill those hotels. That money continues other events. And we've also helped the other events. They've called us. Hey, what'd you do here? Can we borrow this? Can we get that? We're willing to help. Everybody's jumping in. You know, you're all part of the same community. So it's not a competition. Everybody's event is in different times of the year and everybody respects that. Um, And that's what's nice is that everybody can help each other. And as Chad said, now all of a sudden you've got this kind of opening up of an area in in Marysville and and Union County that all kind of have their own niche of what they're trying to do. Within a a month, you know, Rock the Clock had their thing. Uh, The Fair. Fair had a huge concert out there just last Sunday, and then we're going to have two national, well, three national acts in. You're going to have four national, five national acts performing Union County over in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know about I don't know about Plain City, but I know the fair had called Kevin about just working through the the agreements, the writers, the the. The request that the artists make, whether it be the stage size or the alcohol they get stocked, you know, and things like that. There's things you can negotiate on and things you can't. And he's known that because he's been doing it since 13 was the first national act. I know when the city had their bicentennial, they got some help. Yeah, from, we tried you know, to help them there because you, know, you can really be overwhelmed by some of that. Some of those contracts are one way, and you, if you don't have the experience, you don't know um, how to to get through that um i will i mean our first national act was 2013 with with um kelly pickler but i do tell everybody that in 2012 we actually had old dominion old dominion who is a gigantic band now and we had them there were five guys from michigan and all they wanted was a 24 pack of water and had a great time and before they were they i mean no they one were old dominion then they weren't obviously they weren't known they were a kind of a regional act right. and they they had us take them just to show that we could kind of put on any kind of a concert. So we did. I don't know. Boy, it was like nobody had really heard of them. No one had heard of them. You know, so then the next year the booking agent said, okay, well, then you can, you know, branch out to somebody like Kelly Pickler. And we've kind of moved on from – used to be just one national act, then we went to two. And this year, honestly, this is the first time we've ever had a big name open for another big name. So that's – you know that's something new. Yeah, that we're it, it'll be. This year. It could be a big night. You know, right now the weather looks good. Um, Thursday night, if those balloons launch, you're going to see a lot of people here, uh, which is a great thing. Um, Friday too, with a cheaper fr- ticket and a good mm-hmm. young country guy. Yep. Nico it, Moon is tickets have sold well. Mm-hmm. I know you've. We've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. They're in the last two weeks. They've been flying off the shelf. So I think people, and that's normal. It's what I told the fair. They were maybe concerned originally when they launched Lee Bryce of you know the, the thing didn't sell out overnight. It doesn't happen that way. There's buying habits. You've got you've got super fans that'll buy right away, and then there's a lull. There always is. 
and then you see this two week out push for us it was it was a month out but um and i think a lot of people um show that they want to be outside they want to go and have a good time you know coming out of a pandemic it, it bottled people up so um, the ticket sales is a and the festival is a way to show that the pandemic. I don't know that it's over, but you definitely see people operating differently, uh, wanting to enjoy life and experience something you know in a positive manner. And there's so. things that I mean, the fact that when we brought ZZ Top in here, like people still talk about that, and that was a thing that people couldn't believe ZZ Top played in their hometown. Or if we could have got the Beach Boys in here, the Beach Boys, we had to cancel because of the pandemic, you know, and that was that was going, I'm telling you that, we may not have sold much beer that night, but that would have branched out into a whole new crowd of people that don't normally come out to that balloon fest there. I mean, my mom was going to come out to see the beach boys right. and, and that's, she's never and been that's to, something. She's never come out to a crowd like that Your for anything. She doesn't like become like a character. Yes. <laughs> she's yeah, look, she's, she's not going to come out to a crowd like that. If it's not somebody she really wanted to see. So that would have really opened some eyes and people would have been able to say, we were able to see the beach boys in our hometown. You know, it was those tickets. Well, we would have been sold out. They were selling so fast. Um, for for uh, older adults that have a lot more disposable income, the biggest line we've ever had when we first started selling tickets in the office, there were there were people out on the sidewalk around the corner waiting to buy those things, and because they don't normally buy concert tickets, it's been a long. Sure. A lot of those people it had been a long time since they had thought about going to a concert, and they were going to come out to see the Beach Boys at the airport. So I remember seeing them in 1983 at the Ohio State Fair. It was one of the first music <laughs> concerts I ever went to, and. Um, I thought it was cool. ZZ Top was the first first concert I ever went to at Legend Valley, and then they and then they ended up in our town. You know, and yeah. I think that's things people think something people will remember. I know we've had people say that. You know, we've got Night Ranger and Brett Michaels this year, but I remember when we brought Night Ranger and people my age that was a big high school band. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in high school, Night Ranger was a big band, and, and people my age came out to see it and couldn't believe they were there. And then Brett Michaels was the same way the first time we had him. And, you know, and we've had, we've had acts that, you know, they kind of take off. I mean, honestly, I don't, Aaron Lewis, I don't know if we could afford him now. He, he, like he skyrocketed. Yeah. He, he really kind of took a Patriot America, you know, kind of slant with some of his stuff and got really, really popular, you know, and, I think you'll continue to see stuff like that, you know, Mitchell Tenpenny or Nico Moon. Um, you know, they they beca- they get bigger. Like we we aim for a lot of acts that are more affordable, and we see potential or future, and that's why we picked Nico Moon this year, and it's worked out really well. And that's why we tried to split all along. We tried to do an '80s rock and a country act for exactly what Chad just said. Is you have different audiences. You have people that are in their 40s or 50s that maybe listen to the 80s rock when they're in high school that would appreciate it coming back. And you have people that don't listen to that at all but really like country music. Um, and that really um, came around to, you know, this the past couple of years, especially this year, where people are like, hey, I'm buying tickets. They buy them every year no matter who we have because they just like to support the festival knowing that its mission is raising money to donate back to local charity and being able to put Marysville on the map when all these other communities, you know, don't necessarily have a community staple like that. Um, the other thing that's happened with this festival that 
is kind of dumbfounding is that it has become a true Midwest regional attraction where there are people that come from Chicago, from Boston. We've got people as far away from Naples, Florida, and California coming in this year, probably to see family, but their tickets are, that is their address, and that's where they're coming from. That's a great thing for the area. It's, um, you know, it's just amazing cool. that... But and, but coming in to see family, a lot of times that's not by chance. They know when the balloon festival is, and they come back to town. Correct. It's, it, there's a homecoming aspect to it. Yeah. I know that some of the the housing developments around the airport, people host parties. Yeah. So that they can Adina just watch point. Adina Point, so they can watch the balloons launch, and you know you can't. We can't run down there and ask for a little bit of. Hey, can we have a little uh, admission fee? You know, you're watching the balloons. It's just the way it is. That the, the whole town benefits. I mean, I know that half of, half of my job doing security out there on Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is the people that are over by Meyer and the VFW and Columbus Avenue. People park all along there, and they will sit on the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. And we have to tell the sheriff's deputies, hey, there's a bunch of people collecting on the railroad tracks, and they have to shoo them off. Or sometimes they will come and try to walk in. They will go over the ditches and over the railroad tracks and try to just walk in, and we have to turn them around. Like, you, I can see the cars in some of those fields around Meyer over there that are, well, I guess they're under construction this year, but there, there's cars parked everywhere. And, and if the wind takes them towards 33... People pull off the road on 33 yeah, and just just, yeah. just stop and, and watch the balloons, you know. None of those people pay to get in or anything, but it's something that's going to make the community look better, you know, or, or, you know, it's different. It's more appealing. It's something, you know, if people are just driving through. You remember when we were driving through Marysville and didn't even know that balloon festival was going on, all of a sudden, you know, 30 balloons, whatever. And, and that's what you see from even the sponsor end is exactly what Chad said. With all those people talking about the weekend of the festival, whether they're in Adina Point planning their own party, whether they saw the balloons, the sponsors understand that event marketing is a way to capture that audience also. Um, and so that's gone well, too, because we have a lot of the same sponsors that come back every year to sponsor the event because they can gain – access to the event marketing data that they get if they're on site. And if not, they're just doing it because then they get tickets to either raffle off or give away to their employees or customers as an appreciation. So it's gone really well in many different facets. And I think, you know, I know one of our sponsors generally is the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I think being a community hospital like Memorial is, look, they're not Ohio Health. They're not a chain. They're our community hospital. And they're, they're doing well in a climate that does not bode well for community hospitals. They've done well. I think they see the power of a community. I think they know, look, they need this community to galvanize. It has to feel like a community. Like people have to feel a part of something in this area. They, they need to accept their community hospital. They need to accept their community schools. They need to accept events like the fair or the balloon festival is what makes it their hometown and makes you want to stay and do things here, you know, spend your money here. And they recognize that, you know, it's that Rockwellian idea, you know, of having some pride in your town and what it can provide. And, you know, it, it bolsters that sense of community. And I think, you know, businesses or, you know, organizations like the hospital, they understand that, that everybody, you know, high tide raises all boats. I think they understand that if we develop civic pride, 
in many forms, it, it just makes the community stronger. Yeah, and they have a unique way. They actually have a raffle for their employees to be able to get into the, the tickets. And then they actually do another cool thing where they actually get into their oncology unit and invite someone for a hot air balloon ride. Last year, they weren't able to do it because of the weather, but some of those patients are coming back this year. We've had a lot. Bluebird, some of the, mm-hmm. some of the retirement Bluebird, communities have done that, too. That was a cool story with Bluebird. Um, Paul, Gross, Paul Gross. Um, had an 88-year-old uh, resident, w- was a lifelong dream to get into the hot air balloon. We weren't able to do it last year. We took her in a helicopter ride instead, which she still loved, and we followed up with a hot air balloon ride. And um, those are just things that even even those community partners can't do. And so they, like Chad said, they leveraged the balloon festival to help you know further their story too because those are things that they use in their marketing. Um, the Bluebird uh, Memorial Hospital, they use that amongst uh, their marketing uh, to their clients. So it's, um, it's worked well. It's re- worked really well. Uh, this is the 47th year. I've uh, been going on since 1975. And, um, you know, a lot of communities don't have something like this. So we... That's, that's sometimes, you know, when we have years where we have, when we used to have parking snags or if the weather's bad or if the lines of the bathroom or vendors are big or something. And I see people gripe online. You know, you can't not. An event, an event like ours, it's going to have that, especially, I mean, ours, ours is all volunteer run, you know. So, and we're the people that actually organize it. It's a small group, too. So, you know, it, we have to be conscious about addressing the problems. But you see people bag on it online. And I guess if they're out of town and they and they drove and they and something happened and they didn't enjoy it, okay, you know, maybe I accept that that you know they didn't have the experience they thought they were going to have. I would hope that the local people see the value of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I see local people, look, they have the right to complain, but when you just trash the festival and say, ah, you know, I, I wish that thing wasn't even, you know, didn't even exist. Do you really? Is that is that is that really the town you want? You want you want just to be gone. Nothing like this, you know. No musical acts, no balloons, no kid city, no helicopter and biplane flying around the city all weekend, making everybody look up. That's what you want. You want just dogs barking and you know, quiet, I guess. You know. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what the local community has kind of came back around in the last few years as gas prices have gone up. They've appreciated having the festival because they can drive a short distance for little money and enjoy themselves versus having to try to catch a flight or drive a big distance and spend a lot of money. So that's a nice thing. The other thing I think that we've had feedback on from the patrons besides the the cost being low and manageable is that it's a safe event. And that goes back to what Chad said is the group that has come around to work this and it's led by uh, the sheriff's office, Mike Justice and Jeff Styers this year, they do a great job combing through, making sure everybody is on the same page, In- ingress, egress, safety, fire, EMS, all of them are in meetings a couple times a year to go over everything and then deal with the fluid situations that happen. Um, and so I think when you step back and look at the big picture, some, from some people that may not like the traffic out on Columbus Avenue if they're trying to get in and out of Benny's or something that night, you know, it's one weekend of the year. 
And at some point, you have to appreciate what somebody else's work has done. So if everybody's volunteering, we got about 250 people that volunteer for the weekend. It's a lot of people's efforts going towards trying to make this community better. So if you see the page, the thank you ad we run mm-hmm. in the paper that's got the names. Right. Pay attention to that thing. Look at all of those names. I mean, we have to put them in tiny type to get them on the page. There's so many names yeah. we have to get on there. And, and you know, some of those contributions are big. Some of them are small. I know just dumb things. I was talking to uh, Darison Cook at the at the Lee Bryce concert and I just got to mention you know how much time he saved you in driving stakes into the ground out mm-hmm. there because you used to drive them in manually to put snow fencing around to make the fencing and he uses what like a bobcat yes. and just Darrison's pulls the bucket out and pushes it mm-hmm. pushes it and push it and done and done like, well so. he had to take over for Dean his dad used to help me but Dean started bending all the stakes because he didn't want to spend the time to just push them in nicely so Darrison said Dean dad get out of there so Darrison's taken over but those two have done a great job because yes I did used to pound that in manually with a sledgehammer um, and it was not pretty. So, again, it goes back to people wanting to help. I mean, it, it's a community event, and Darrison's doing everything with the fair. He's actually learned things from the festival to make the fair better. So, great. You know, if everybody can uh, push into the middle, it makes it all better. But, yes, the stories that are out there, um, you know, I remember also we mentioned Kelly Pickler. Now you have VIP with meet and greets that are actually something people want to pay for. I remember walking around the crowd just handing them out. Hey, you want to go meet Kelly Pickler? Handed out 30 things just offering people to go meet her. I didn't know what that was. We used to, we, now we hook them in with, you know, like VIP seating mm-hmm. and, and there's a premium price for it. Yeah, the first year, Kevin, you gave me two of them and I was like, you really just handing these out? <laughs> like, you know, you know, people, this has kind of a value if you hook it in with a ticket. So you're just going to go, they gave them to me. I'm giving them out. De- definitely been he some stories. Back on that one. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I handed that. Well, and, the, and then we mentioned the first year, like, we had no lights. Basically, Jeremy Stevens, his wife's band was playing, and he came to me at 8 o'clock. Hey, you got the lights for the tent? I'm like, what are you talking about? Don't you have the lights? He had to go to his house in Raymond. 15 minutes later, he comes back with lights, and, and they played till midnight. But, yeah, I mean, the crazy stuff we've been through. People from- get, let us use let us use golf carts because mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving around out mm-hmm. there and, and getting up and down the runway for different things. And uh, Gary, One of the first years, Gary Lee's farm gave us hay bales because that's what we used for the fencing because we that. had nothing to stake into the – um, asphalt, so we used hay bales to line it with fencing. Sure. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Uh, we've got a better way to do it with water barrels, but uh, yeah, you definitely learn uh, from your mistakes, and we've had a lot. We've had a lot of mistakes, but at the end of the day, it's a real thing. Like Chad said, this is a community of volunteers. We aren't paid professionals. Uh, yes, you could probably do that. You could probably go pay groups to do every aspect and have it a professional run organization, but then it's not a community event. Then it is a production. And, and the know, donations go away. Correct. You're not able to raise the money to circulate locally then because it's all going out into uh, subcontractors. Yeah. So we, we definitely subcontract out parking and, and try to do as much as we can uh, the, on the areas that we can't uh, utilize our local um, assets. But people like Joe Tracy, the city of Marysville, the sheriff's office, Darrison Cook, the fo- local farmers – uh, we try to ask for as much help as we can get because we need it. Church, yeah, churches. We've had churches. churches. We've had uh, the Baptist Church last year stepped up and brought in their bus to bus people from Walmart because the parking lot was too wet after all the rain. Um, that was done in a 24-hour notice phone call. 
um, that was incredible. I mean, and so that's what you see is when, when times are tough, I mean, it's really easy to run a festival. It's great weather. You get all this help and everybody's just doing their thing. That's easy. You really find out what you're worth when the chips are down and the weather's bad and you have to use your emergency management protocol like last year. Like last year. And and, and it happened. Like Everybody kind of felt bad that this huge thing was planned and it didn't work out. Um, We definitely learned from that. We had Coastal now. We had sold a ton of tickets. We had a lot of people out there and the most ungodly rainstorm, wind, lightning, just... Unloaded. You talk about learning something. So we knew we know what we've done when when that weather's coming. We send people back to their cars. I'm scrambling around because we have to, you know, we have to make sure people leave their beer. They can't take it out to the parking lot with them because of the, our license. The people that Uber Uber Uber. That's people. what I was going to get to. So I look over and there's just probably 100 to 200 people just hanging out under an awning by the airport office. And I said, "What are you guys doing? You need to get to your cars." And they were like. We were dropped off here. We were some people were Ubered. Some parents dropped them off. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now we need to pivot and find somewhere to put these people. And we had to get a hangar open and put people inside a hangar, which had some items in it that had to be guarded. You know, planes or RVs. So we had to kind of make sure the people didn't go out messing around with that stuff. But they had somewhere to get to and be safe. And again, that goes into an emergency action plan now moving forward because you had to happen. Now we have provisions for that. We had it sort of, but we'd never seen anything. Never had it happen. Look, Uber has come since we've been running this. We've never had a situation where we had a bunch of people Uber or get dropped off, and we had to deal with them. You know, and then you know the stage. Boy, that that storm last year. The stage got trashed, and you know, even though you put on every piece of advertising and every ticket, that all sales are final. You know. Yeah, I mean, no that, that's, a, that's a tough thing where you look at our advertising and all does say no refunds for that reason. I mean, we can't plan the weather. All those people get paid. The artist gets paid. Artist gets paid. Period. And Even it, it was never pay. a good situation. Um, you know, we've let we've let people, um, you know, this year come back. Um, never been through the situation before, but we definitely got trashed um, for how we handled that uh, up front because we weren't sure how to handle it. Uh, we definitely learned that we would handle that a different situation, different differently this year. Um, if it happened again. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're better for it. But that's what I mean by you really find out, like, who your help is and, and who's on your side and, and whether your emergency action plan is that good when something like that happens. As I said, the forecast looks pretty good so far for, for next weekend. So hopefully we never have to go through that again. But we definitely have um, – more knowledge about how to operate yeah. in a situation like that. Usually when the weather's bad, you see it coming. People kind of know the crowd maybe tames itself down a little bit. That one, it was real hit or miss on whether weather was going to come through. And, yeah. man, it did. And right before the main act, yeah. right when the most people were there, it Worst developed. It developed. And that's and that's the risk-reward of an event like that. Because it's outside, because it's on, a, on an airport ramp, tarmac, with – possibly one of the best scenarios that you've never seen before with balloons filling up, you know, a backdrop of a national music act. That's what you're hitting. You're trying to hit a home run and that's what we're always going for. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, the times it doesn't happen are bad and it happened last year, but the times it was gone great. You got guys like night Ranger. That's why they came back. They've been here three. This will be their third time because they loved coming. 
They drew a huge they had, crowd. They hit a they hit a big rainstorm one time. I remember their their they states got swamped. Up, they ended about five minutes early. And we well, they had that, but they also they were one of the ones where I believe we had to dry off the stage. That was Cassidy Pope. Cassidy Pope, that happened. I thought it got them one time where they, they, they just, just had to end early. early. The storm was coming in, and they, they didn't sing like their last two songs, and then they got out of there. But, again, those are fluid situations you deal with, um, and but that's why people keep coming back to the festival. Even though Chad's right, there's plenty of people that will go online and trash it and say they had a bad experience because they were weathered out or didn't get to see the balloons. That's why we offer the ticket prices the way we do. Thursday is a separate event because the National Act just generally costs more money. Friday, Saturday is a weekend pass. You get to come back Saturday, no additional charge. And we try to do that to make sure that you have as many opportunities to see the balloons without that much and more if you money buy out that, of your pocket. if you buy the ticket early, it's $10. Correct. We had it's- all tickets, just as a mark in time, we had all tickets on sale for $10 per day back in December. Um, up through, I think, March 1st. So anybody that looks at ticket prices, we tried to offer you know something super reasonable. When they're when they're out there early, when they first go when they first go on for a while, they're they're ten or twenty dollars. Even the Thursdays, like twenty, like it's we it's started 10 at ten more. for all of them originally, mm. and then we na- we announced the national act, and, and everything kind of steps up, and that's kind of normal in event business now. You have tiers that as you get closer to the event. You know, the prices go up because, one, it rewards, ha- people. it rewards people that bought early. But, two, it does what Chad said. It tames the crowd down a little bit because if you just leave things at $10, which we've had some local officials ask us, like, why aren't we just, like, $5 a car load like Jack Scott and John Feenster used to do when they started the festival, is because if we did $5 a car load and we had the National Axe plus the balloons – we wouldn't have enough room or parking. So the pricing is actually done to make sure the crowd is tamed down, just like Chad said. Um, and so that's why we do it that way. Uh, people may say, man, you, you could grow that thing to have 50,000 people. Yes, you're right. We definitely could at we $5 could, a car load. We could get easily – We could. we've had 15 thousand right 13 in, in one day on a saturday because yeah i thought what was night ranger that one friday that was like 10 or 12 okay yeah so if if you knock the pricing down to next to nothing they will we, come we could hit twenty thousand yeah. easily and and i think on a saturday all day long i don't think thirty thousand would be out of the question but the problem is we can't afford the sheriff's department security you have to pay for that and, and we wouldn't have the volunteers just to fill in the gaps of everything else. Or, or you may have it for that time, but you won't have volunteers that want to work it again. Yeah. They'll be so worn out, it's not worth it. So We couldn't we couldn't empty – Just I mean, there's a million things that come with a crowd like that. We couldn't empty the, the portable toilets. Uh-huh. Like, we would probably need to <laughs> empty them mid-event yeah. with that. Like, there's a lot yeah. of things that, that a crowd like that, we just can't – you can't handle so so that pricing's got to keep it keeps it in line to, to and, a manageable crowd size. And I actually had local officials didn't even understand that until we were in some meetings. They thought you know it was a money grab and you're just charging all this money. I was like, no, we're doing that so the crowd is manageable because we only have so much room and we only have so many people. And then they were like, oh, that makes sense because if it was a money grab, you would do the opposite. You would make it five dollars a car load and then sell a bunch of beer and have a ton of people there buying all kinds of stuff. But you would ruin your event. Uh, Everybody wants to have a gigantic crowd, but they forget about that pebble in the pond that has that ripple effect. You know, and so when people keep telling the story about Marysville, Ohio, it should be that nice balloon festival they enjoyed. And it was nice. It was easy to get around. It wasn't elbow to elbow, sweaty, touching everybody. 
you know, that can happen out there. But, you know, we are limited by what the fire chief says we can have, and, and we're okay with that. So because we – this isn't our last balloon festival, I guess, is the other way to say it. If you're just doing one festival and it was the 50th year and you're saying we're done, fine. Make a $5 mm-hmm. a car load. Let's bring everybody and their brother, and let's call it a day at the end. That's not what we're doing. This you is a marathon, able, you not won't a be able to get to a sand, You won't be able to get to vendors for water or food. The food will sell out. The, the bathrooms, the toilets will fill up. The parking will be a nightmare. It will be elbow to elbow. You will probably have people fighting because they're hot people, and People wouldn't in. come back. They wouldn't come back. They'll come for that year, and then it'll be done. And, and that's why we take so much input from people year in and year out trying to make it better. Um, you know, and, and we're judged by you know the ticket sales that following year, whether we listened or not. Sure. So we, we uh, right now everything's on target. Um, and we like the fact that the Avalon and Hope Center have come around to um, pick up the the volunteer roles because we got to have the the volunteers, you know, crew the balloons. Uh, so yeah, we have even down the volunt like volunteers aren't just taking tickets or or working at the beer truck; they're helping load and unload those balloons, mm-hmm. hold them on the ground for the balloon glow and all of that kind of stuff. We like, have a group. We have a group that comes from Lima. They're a mission group. They're going to come for three days to make sure they help set up the stage, set up the national acts on Thursday and Friday, and they just start coming on their own. There's a group of people that get a hold of me every year saying, hey, can I come and volunteer? I love bands. I'm like, yes, great. Come on in. Yeah, um, all the stage set up, yeah. packing the stuff up after the show. Like all of that stuff that a lot of times people don't see, you know, they see the people taking their ticket. They don't see the people that help put up the stage. All this stuff has that to go help. somewhere. Mm-hmm. They don't realize all those people out there by those balloons, half of them are official crew, half of them are volunteers just helping out. You know, everybody working at Kid City. All volunteers. Like they're all volunteers. Every, everybody you see out there, you know, other than like vendors, everything going on that's done out there is volunteers. Clean up afterwards. Yeah. You know, trash, emptying the trash. Yeah. You know, all yeah, of that Yeah, my dad stuff. takes care of that. We call him a refuse engineer. He uh, he takes pride in that. He's, But he, he, there's, I mean, I'll say it just because we're on a podcast, you know. He's usually hunting in the fields because he knows people drop money. And one year he found $40. So he's that guy that's usually got the metal detector out there. And because he found it one time, he thinks he's going to find, you know, $40 again. And Eureka. So every now and then you're running out there and dropping a tent or something just to keep him engaged. <laughs> well, the baby diapers, the baby diapers that are in that field slow him down a little bit. So I don't know if he's going to be looking too hard this year, but uh, yeah, he's done a great job too. You know, I mean, he takes pride in his work and he does it. I've never asked him to do it. He just does it. He goes and buys the trash bags, gets in the gator, and empties the trash. We've got a crew that helps him and. He's 79, though, so I'm guessing that this is going to be one of the last years that he's going to be doing that. $10 makes it worth it. He is going to hunt for that money, though. I can tell you that. Do you want to do a date wrap-up and hit some of the bigger events? So the All How Balloon Festival is August 11th, 12th, and 13th out at the Union County Airport. Uh, anybody wanting tickets can go to the box office at allohioballoonfest.com. Brett Michaels is the headliner Thursday night. He's on at 8 p.m. Night Ranger opens for him at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Nico Moon is the headliner on Friday night. Shane Stevens Band is opening at 5 o'clock, followed by Ashley Best and Paulina Jane. And Saturday's music is... Um, Hodgepodge. It's a... It's eclectic. It's an eclectic group. Um, The British Invasion are at 4 o'clock. They're a a Beatles uh, tribute band, followed by Jacked Up 
and a local group, The Groove, um, lead singers Jer- Jeremy Omarod. Um, so they're new this year, but they were QFM 96's house band, um, and they've they've gotten a lot of play. So we feel like the Nash- the music is a great lineup. Uh, have a lot of new balloons coming, some from South Dakota this year uh, and uh, Missouri. And the balloon total will be uh, right around 18. Um, there are some pilots that will fly two different balloons, so you may not see all 18 in the in the air at once. But um, we're trying to. Our whole mission at the Balloon Festival is we're trying to march towards 50 balloons for the 50th year. So we've got three years left to try to build a database of balloonists so we can have 50 balloons here. That would be the most we'd have ever had. So um, if you're looking for something to do next weekend, um, go to the box office and get your tickets at allohioballoonfest.com. Or you can come into the General Tribune office um, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5, and you can buy those tickets also here. All right, well, that's going to be the show for this week. That information, one more time, if you're interested in going to the Balloon Festival, it's going to be next week, August 11th, 12th, and 13th. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Union County Airport. Tickets are available at allohioballoonfest.com and at the Marysville Journal Tribune office there on North Main Street in Marysville. We'll put a link to the website there in the description box uh, for the episode, so if you're interested, go ahead and check that out. And as always, if you like the podcast, please subscribe to it. Uh, We're available on multiple platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other places. So uh, do check out the show, and we'll see you next week.